0: You throne heads out there, and welcome back to the Roe Knows Nothing, your Game of Thrones podcast from the Furrow Network on NPR Illinois. And of course, it is House of the Dragon episode two, everybody. We started off with the heirs of the dragon, and now we are to the Rogue Prince. And hey, if you're gonna be a prince be a rogue one it's always much more fun i'm jeremy geckner as always here and uh unfortunately my wife sarah uh it's been the first week of school so of course our kids brought home all the germs in the world so she is unfortunately on the men but of course here uh he was supposed to be here last week but darn flights uh, out to the west coast they just couldn't get there um uh, mr ryan luton's from front row <laughs> flashbacks ryan it is game of thrones we're back man
1: I am so ready for this, and I've been in school for four weeks, so i'm I've got all the germs. I'm ready. I' yeah, I bounced. <laughs> so I'm good. He's but ready. no, I, I'm excited. I'm ready to talk the show.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, barring any scheduling craziness, it will be the three of us moving forward, taking you through House of the Dragon, uh, Sarah, myself, and of course, Mr. Luton's here, because we are still all freaking thrown heads through and through. Um, so, Ryan, uh, real quick, uh, give us, since you weren't here last week, what do you think of that first episode really quick before we dive into episode two?
1: Um, in a word, brilliant. Uh, I enjoyed it. I think there was a lot of people that enjoyed it that weren't really skeptical, but really like, all right, this is great. I think they set the tone with that. I think we're ready to go. So let's move on
0: yeah i think they also did a great job of setting up new stuff while giving us that familiar flavor and speaking of familiar flavor the title sequence is back <laughs> yes i Real enjoyed old it. theme back uh this i really have to watch this a few more times just to figure out what the hell is going on here do you th- is this supposed to be like the model of old valeria is that what we're going with here
1: uh so i've done my research it is nice. the model of old valeria nice and uh, every emblem is a Targaryen, the line of the tar- Targaryen succession and how much blood has been spilled. So it's it's drawing the lines of, of where they're going. And in the middle, you'll see the the, the emblem of the necklace that uh, Daemon gave to Rhaenyra, and that represents her. Ah. So,
0: And I think it's going to
1: grow as you, we see more descendants come because they're coming
0: yeah 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 that's fantastic actually um good again the planning of all this but of course it's just so good to hear jawadi's uh theme music again um in there um Man, it just felt like we were, we're back. We're back where we need to be um in this show. Um again, just feeling like old friends are coming back to us. Um, but of course, we are not given any time to rest because we get uh, one of our main antagonists, the crab feeder, doing his thing. Um, just nailing people to stakes and letting crabs eat them alive because you know, it's game of thrones. What, what else are you gonna do? Let people die peacefully in their sleep. Um but we have learned that uh, the crab feeder is consolidating his power in the step zones. Um, and that it's becoming a problem now. Um, Corlys uh, has uh, already lost some ships and a lot of men to this. Um, and We've also learned that uh, Damon has taken over Dragonstone. Um, we've moved forward six months from the events of the first episode, um, and he took his gold cloaks with him, and apparently Viserys is just kind of like, yeah, okay, just let him stay up there. <laughs> we'll just kind of do our thing down here. Let him do his thing up there, whatever. Um, but yeah, in this small council meeting that we uh, open up on, Corlys Is saying like we got to deal with this, dude. (laughs) Like we really got to deal with this. This is good. If these shipping lanes go down, and of course we learn later that he's got a personal interest in this because hey, government people. Um, but uh, you know (laughs) if that happens, like it's gonna really cripple the kingdoms as well. Um, and this is where we get Rhaenyra. We kind of learn in this scene that not much has changed for her, even though she's been named the heir apparent. Um, you know she's still serving wine in the council meetings, and when she dares to speak up to say, hey, why don't we just you know ride some dragons down there? just burn everybody up that'll show them some power um it is once again just this you know you can't speak in here like the patriarchy is dripping in this scene so much so that Otto's like why don't you go pick like the new Kingsguard and you know like go and do some of this stuff Ryan what's your read on this opening episode here and uh how much the more things change the more they seem to stay the same
1: um this show is definitely setting up the the patriarchy and how Um, men rule and women are kind of cast in the shadows Mm. Um, as much as she wants to show that she is a strong, uh, a strong character, not just a woman, a strong ruler.
0: um,
1: They just kind of roll over her in, in that regard. Um, And, you know, we're going to see some big things happen in the step zones. I mean, when, when you, when you've got the crab feeder and, and what he's doing and you see how, what happens i'm not gonna i mean we'll talk about that towards the end but how the end kind of comes together that's where you see the the seeds start to sow but this episode was a slow burn but it does great job to plant the seeds of uh the dance that's about to happen i tell people i go what are we watching oh you're about to watch all the dragons die that's that's the best way to put this yeah um i've read fire and blood i've read every piece of um martin history when it comes to the Targaryens and even the, the, the short story called The Rogue Prince, which is all about Daemon's history. It's all about what he does in the Step Zone and what we're about to see is going to blow some people away.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And I I, I cannot say enough of my love about Matt Smith in, this, in these first two episodes. Daemon is such an enigmatic character right now. I cannot figure him out at all. Like there are times when I think, oh, okay, he's just a dick. Oh, okay. He's just pompous. Oh, okay. He's just bitter. He's kind of everything and still caring somehow. Like, how is this? Like, and it's because it's Matt Smith. It's a brilliant actor. Um, But of course, we'll get to more of him there. Um, I do love, though, um, in this that um, Corliss definitely seems to think Renera is on the right track. Um, You know, Corliss seems to be uh, the only one with kind of a not decent nobody's decent in Westeros when they're in the halls of power but um, you know like he seems to have a practical head on his shoulder here um, you know he's like yeah we got to deal with this we can't just keep hiding up or hiding down here um, in King's Landing so um, we do then go to Rhaenyra she is in the um, there with the knights trying to do this and she is very frustrated because these are all knights who have fought in tournaments but not many of them have any battle experience at all except for who is it Ryan? Dun, 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 dun. Sir Kristen, Kristen Cole. Cole. He's coming from there there's definitely some smittenness here i mean he's a good looking dude what are you gonna do um but of course he has fought he's fought in wars he fought for a lot of years and um he actually you know has a lot of victories there and she says all right it's him we're gonna we're gonna go with him and otto trying to flex his muscle here. He's like no maybe we should choose some older houses and she's just kind of like um yeah, I want my dad to be protected by people who fought. So, no, we're going to go with him. <laughs> and I do love like that Otto is trying to continue his flex here, even though he got her kicked out of the room. And now Rhaenyra is really just kind of like flexing her. Is like, it's still my choice. I'm still outranking you. We're doing this. So what, what are you thinking of this scene here?
1: Um, That scene is very pivotal. Um, i'm gonna let you know that right now i mean i i've read every again read everything
0: i know i should i should put out there i have not and i'm not going to because i don't want to spoil anything but like i i appreciate that we've got the scholar here
1: yes that is going to play a major part and have some major repercussions coming down the road so so just keep an eye out for that um but again millie alcock as young princess ranira Good lord, she better be nominated for an Emmy just because the way mm. she can control her face will show her her emotions in the slightest twinge yeah. with her with her facial expressions is nothing short of fantastic. But um, I'll get to my favorite actress of this um episode as we move on. So but yeah. it was a great scene. Um and especially to uh see uh the Kingsguard, the new uh head of the Kingsguard, uh Harold Westerling, just kind of watch it all unfold. Yeah. Dude, Graham McTavish, Graham is, McTavish,
0: is, baby, come on, is, everyone is great. If you haven't but, seen, and, if you haven't seen Outlander, he's amazing on it. It's a great yes. show. Like just everything, Graham McTavish. <laughs> and
1: and I think that he sides with Rhaenyra. If you just watch the scene, like he just. And he he likes it, she is putting Otto in his place. So
0: yeah. Great scene. And I'm I you know, I have such a deep love of Reciffens, the actor. Um, it's it's breaking my little heart to see the slow unraveling of Otto Hightower from where we first see him in this series. Now, again, I'm gonna guess there's some shady stuff because that's all he's doing now. Um, but um, you know, like it, it really is just kind of like the slow thing Was like, okay, he's not like some moral person that I thought he might be at the beginning of this series. Uh he's definitely very quick. Uh, descending down here Um, but of course then we get this great scene here with um, Viserys and uh, Alicent they're looking over the model and he's telling her about old Valyria where the Targaryens come from of course and of course the Targaryens did um, flee the city of Valyria before it was destroyed because one of the descendants foresaw this uh, in a dream and so that's what brought them to Westeros and they conquer and all of that Um, and of course Viserys is uh, recounting like how the city was built on the face of a volcano Um, and I put in here a smart building planning there in my notes (laughs) always good to do your real estate on the face of a volcano Um, but um, they all both kind of lament that like the like of Valyria will never be seen again Um, it just kind of is one of those things that just cannot be replicated Um, we notice here that the finger cut by the Iron Throne at the end of the last episode it's still heavily bandaged Um, so and I know there is a theory that like the the Iron Throne cuts the people that they find unworthy to sit on it Um, so I think that's definitely what we're dealing with here Um, but it's also seems like it's unhealing, like the cut from his back that was also from the Iron Throne. So some weird things happening here. Um, but of course we see that some feelings are starting to manifest, um, a little awkwardly still. Um, but you know, because there's like, what, like a 30 year age difference here. It's really weird. Um, but, um, Viserys, though, does lament uh, that Rhaenyra uh, is not confiding in him on personal matters, and Allison is, of course, encouraging him to invite her in, um, you know, and um, he uh, also then tells her, like, don't tell Rhaenyra about our meetings here. So, um, this is, of course, laying a lot of groundwork here, but I love this scene. I love how Patty Considine um, and, oh god, uh, the actress's name is escaping me. <laughs> I'm gonna find it. Uh, Emily Carey. Um, I, I love how the two of them are interacting with each other here. This courtship does seem weird because of the age difference, but it doesn't seem untoward, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: absolutely. And uh, with that scene, you know, you see him drop the dragon and the dragon breaks, yeah. And so that is that is great <laughs> foreshadowing, um, great <laughs> foreshadowing, great imagery. Um, because you know, this is a time of peace for the Targaryen Empire, and uh, Viserys is very much just kind of go with the flow, and he's a very placating king, he yes. wants to keep the peace. So to see him get nicked by the Iron Throne, you're like, okay, well, he's not being strong enough. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see the uh, the seeds getting sown. Um, it's a very you know interesting to, uh, scene between the two of them because you can't tell if Allison is really trying to cozy yeah. up to him or if she's just doing what her father says or if she's just being there for her best friends or like all
0: five of the emotions she must be feeling. (laughs) Yeah, it it is.
1: And it. it, these young actresses are really, really good. And that scene when they're in the sept praying to the mother about their mothers, Mm. really powerful stuff right there. And just the the lighting and everything was really well done. And she essentially, you know, uh, brings Rhaenyra to terms with her grief and allows her to, Confide in her father again. So, yeah, really interesting things that happen, and of course, we'll talk about yeah, the implications later.
0: No, you're absolutely right. She's being a mother to yes. uh, Renira right there, and a very good mother um, right. in a way. Which you know, if all things were being equal, it would you know have maybe have a different set there. But, but you're right. There's that one wonderful shot where you see the two of them kneeling, and and the mother statue is in shadow. um The rings of fire, the ring of the candles of fire, um just absolutely gorgeous. And I do love also in this scene though. Um, Um, You know, Rhaenyra is all is becoming wise to the political leanings of this game um, in a way. Um, You know, she says that she's suspecting the council is trying to marry her father to put new heirs in the way of her succession, which, of course, they are. (laughs) Hashtag patriarchy. Um, But, of course, um, you know, Alison is telling, you know, like, talk to your father, like, you know, be open with him. Um, And I the line that I do love is that, you know, like Alison says, you know, he chose you as his heir. And she said he didn't choose me. He spurned Damon, you know, like And and. it's an interesting way to think of it because, again, Patty Considine is doing a really good job of making Viserys seem like kind of like a tragic figure of his own like it's not complacent yeah like it's just like he does he just kind of wants everyone to be happy in a way i guess he just wants everyone not to be mad or anything like that and there's just no way you can rule like that um and so i i never get the sense that that viserys is like evil or you know conniving or anything i can definitely t- tell he feels the tragedy of all this but also he's stuck where he is um and so it is an interesting thing here and of course you're right um Allison gets Rhaenyra to, to sort of pray reluctantly for the, maybe for the first time, um, you know, and I, I it, it's tragic to me, Ryan, because when they hold hands at the end there, the friendship feels so very deep and genuine um, between mm-hmm. them. They both lost their mothers. They're both, you know, they grew up together. They're both in this world that nobody else can really understand. And they're going to end up turning on each other because of these machinations.
1: Yep, absolutely. Definitely well played by these two. And I, and I just want to say again, that um, Oh, I lost it, so we'll move on
0: We'll <laughs> <laughs> remember it then uh, Well, yeah. from, from there we go to uh, Corlys, Viserys and Rhaenys uh, meeting outdoors to discuss the uh, heated council meeting there um, and I do love, Viserys has this wonderful line here, he says, as king it is my obligation to avoid war, until such time it is unavoidable and I always think, like, I, I don't know why that got me but it's just like, yeah, that's what all leaders should be doing <laughs> You know, you should be always trying to find a way out of conflict until you re- literally can't anymore um, but Cor- Corlys is just kind of lays out the entire reasoning as to why the crown is weak, right? He's just saying like, your, your wife has died. You have like, you've named a female heir. Like there, many people think that you look, the crown looks weak right now. Um, and he tells him, you know, as Viserys is like, Oh, do you have a plan or anything? He says to elude a storm, you can either sail into it. Or around it, but you must never await its coming, and that is a fantastic line. I'm going to assume it's right for Martin. Um, I just I want to put that on a freaking poster somewhere. It's it's an amazing line there. But Corliss and Renice then give out give away the game. Essentially, they're saying here's how you consolidate your power again. You marry our daughter, um, and you. You know, the oldest house is one of the most powerful houses, Uh, two of the most powerful houses, two of the oldest houses, consolidate them together in marriage, and people will, you know, think that your best days um, are ahead. Um, So it it is a little heavy handed at the end there, um, you know, like giving away the game, so to speak. But they also kind of know like what Damon tells Viserys at the end of the first episode they know you're weak, you know, and they're going to keep doing this because they know they can. What do you think of this whole scene and how they're laying out their plan?
1: I mean, Corliss and Rene's um, are two people that you can just tell that they are characters of wisdom by how they are uh, portrayed through their actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eve Best and Stephen Toussaint. Is that how you say his name? Trusant. Yeah, I
0: think so. Toussaint. Yeah. Um,
1: both of these guys are phenomenal actors and i'm gonna get to eve best later because there's (laughs) yeah that scene's coming soon (laughs) but but that's coming but uh corliss whenever he is on screen the best part about uh steven's performance or steve's performance is there's very much a lack of emotion yeah and you only see emotion at the small council meeting at the very end which we'll get to Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: he is very calculated he is very cunning and you can you can understand that this man is very rich because he does not let his emotions get into play he makes smart decisions whether it's on land or on sea and that is very well shown in how he talks to the king and lays everything out and eve best as renee's is just there to back him up and she is a strong woman again um and it really does show. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. So um, we get a, a short scene of Viserys and Renera at dinner, um, both of them trying to open up to each other. But, man, they're just so bad at it. <laughs> Just right. so, so, so bad at it. Um, but of course, there is kind of a light uh, that comes in when Rhaenyra mentions choosing uh, Sir Criston and stuff. Um, and so she then tr- tries to bring up again, like, what she was trying to say um, at the council meeting with ta- taking the dragons down there. But Viserys shuts it down really quickly, says that she's young and she'll learn. Again, just everyone, you know, she's the heir apparent, but nothing really seems to have changed uh, for her there. So then we cut to this scene of the maesters attempting to save Viserys's finger by having maggots eat the dead flesh off yes people this is something that happened uh, back in our history um again i will say game of thrones made up history but there is an analogous time in our history and yes this did happen um (laughs) sort of sometimes still does actually in uh, burn victims um but the finger looks super gnarly um it's so weird um and Viserys then uh, goes and tells Otto and the Grand Maester of Corlys and Renice's offer of marriage. Um, you know, Otto laments that uh, Lena is um, Lena. Yes, or, yes. Yeah, uh, Lena is just very young. Yeah, twelve years old, as we learn later. That scene shocked me when I finally figured out what was happening. I was like. Oh, my God. That looks weird. Um, but, of course, this is this is so funny to me, though, Ryan, because, like, every time they talk about this girl, it's like fantasy sports. It's just kind of like, oh, you know, she played, uh, <laughs> like, oh, he played four years in Texas. He's got a killer fastball and everything. It's like, they always <laughs> just keep, like, listing off, like, all these things that, like, make sense. Like, yeah, like, you should do this and everything. But, of course, Viserys is like, I don't also, I don't want to... Um, you know make Rhaenyra like really angry about this you know and everything like that because he's still he's still of the point like I think that if given to his own devices he would never remarry I think Emma was his lifelong love and he doesn't want to do this um and everything like that but of course Otto also works his rhetorical magic uh telling him that the king you know he doesn't envy him because he wouldn't want to replace his wife and can't imagine replacing his um you know it's an insane scene here what do you think of how this goes down
1: I I just think that that whole scene with uh, Lena and you know her brothers Lena or something along Mm -hmm. those lines. Um, uh, Both these kids have huge roles to play uh, in the dance. (laughs) I do uh, know this part. (laughs) Yep. So uh, Lena, uh, just the young actress. You know that that's got to be a tough scene. Like, okay, you got to try to you know talk to this guy and you know tell him that hey, you want to marry him and tell him why. So, but she did it uh, effectively. And when she talks about Vagar. Uh, um you know it definitely shows that she knows what she's talking about and she is uh blood of the dragon she is from old valyria because the valyrian's moved to driftmark way before the targaryens made their sta- uh, claim on dragonstone um but just the whole talk of dragons again there's a lot of foreshadowing and you really have to pay attention because if, if you're just casually watching when things happen in the coming episodes, you're just going to be like, Oh, well, that's cool. Yep. They do a lot of, of heavy foreshadowing in this. And, and I cannot wait to see what's about to go down. Uh, but what I will say about Otto Hightower, if there's anybody in this series right now that knows how to play the game of Thrones, it's auto <laughs> Hightower. He has served uh two King or just the one King um, before Viserys Janaries. Um, uh, and he's been the hand of the King. He's a power. He's from a powerful family. He knows what he's doing and he knows how to play the game and he's doing it very subtly, but he's playing very hard.
0: Yeah. Cue the triple H uh, music. Walk uh, <laughs> And right. every time
1: he walks, because it's all about the game.
0: Yeah. I, I really need to super cut that out. I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do it. But yeah, like you were right. Like when they cut to that scene, they show him walking along with Lena. I was just like, oh god like that's what they mean by young like yeah like child because when she was talking about uh you know balerion the black and 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 vegar and stuff i was like yeah she probably thinks dragons are really cool she's a kid (laughs) she should be watching cartoons or something right now (laughs) but you know like it's one of those things like when she does go into the spiel um and everything god it just feels gross it just feels so gross because you know her dad told her to say that and probably her mom too um and again, but it works. To, to, the to pa- actress, yeah. and to Patty Considine's eternal credit, like he looks at her like. Uh, this is sad. Like this is really, really yeah. sad, and everything. Um, and just the fact that her mom says she wouldn't have to bed him until she was fourteen. I just wrote the F word in my notes. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> what is this? Um, but of course, this gets to this amazing scene between Renera and Renice, um where they're watching yes. from afar. Um, let's get into this one. Like uh, you know, Renice is really chastising her because it's just like you just don't get this, do you? Like you know, like and you know, like she even uses like a very Daenerys language here of just like you know, I will make a new order and um, he says you know I understand the order of things and you don't and you know she basically tells her like and and this is the line from the trailer that I loved and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget he said men would sooner put the tor- the realm to the torch than see a woman ascend the iron throne and that is wow that's a damning statement <laughs> but uh, unfortunately you could see very much in there too so what did you what are your thoughts on this scene here between Rhaenyra and Renice uh,
1: this is probably the most powerful scene of the entire series thus far. Yeah. Um, uh, you have two fantastic actresses. Eve Best. Uh, she's cool. She's cunning. She's smart. And she does very little to convey that. And you can just feel it how she talks because she was the one who was skipped over for Viserys when she had the rightful claim as the first born. Yeah. She, and she knows that that's going to happen to Rhaenyra and she's trying to prepare her for that in the most subtle of ways. <laughs> She's trying to be there. She's trying to mentor her. Um, but Rhaenyra is strong. And she, you know, wants to break that wheel. She she still believes that she has that claim. And she does have that claim at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, and Eve Best, when she delivers that line, is just so... I, I got chills. Mm. Because, you know, we see that even in Game of Thrones with the whole Daenerys and uh, Jon Snow. Oh. You know, who's got the rightful claim, who's got the I mean, this is all stuff that we as Game of Thrones fans know based on what we've seen before. Mm. Um, and it, you know, Renee's is not bitter. She is just like, This is what you've got now, because I think she sees that Viserys is weak, she knows what's what's happening so. It's very interesting to see how these characters are going to play out as things start to get very real because they're going to.
0: Yeah. So. It's going to get really real, people. Um, so, uh, yeah, like Renice just is like the, you know, um, spiritual a uh, descendant of Elena Tyrell. I feel like, <laughs> <she's just> like <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to like sugarcoat this. Like, you know, this is how it is. Like take it or leave it, dude, but this is how it is. You're not, they're yeah. going to put things in your way. Um, so we cut th- from there to Viserys. He's lamenting this desire for a new queen to Alicent. Um, Alicent is, kind of subtly upset by the mention of Lena. Um, you know, um, she says, you know, kind of what she must in that situation and everything. Um, she does, of course, give him the dragon that he dropped. Um, it's now mended. Um, again, another great metaphor here. Um, they are interrupted, though, by Otto, who has called an emergency council session um, because the head dragon keeper tells him that uh, Damon stole a dragon's egg from the keep, leaving a note, of course, <laughs> that he would take a second wife, Masaria, uh, that she is pregnant, and that he takes the egg uh, to put in the baby's crib as is the tradition of the Targaryen house um, he also invites Viserys to his wedding in Dragonstone in two days time that's a power move uh, because you know you're just looking for gifts at that point <laughs> you know, you're not doing a destination wedding in two days guys um, so uh, Otto uh, calls this nothing less than treason the stakes are raising very quickly in this scene um, and then Rhaenyra though very calmly very quietly asks which egg he stole um, and then we learn that it was the one that she actually chose for Balon. And that is just kind of like a. Viserys is done now. He's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going and getting him, dragging him back myself. Otto says, uh-uh, you know, it's way too dangerous. I'm gonna go instead. Um, so you know, uh, Allison prepares him with the, um, uh, with the armor and stuff, and. He chastises her about you know picking her fingers to the bleeding point and stuff I actually kind of I don't bleed them but you know like I kind of pick on my fingers as well sometimes Um, and it's just kind of like man again I I imagine that visage of like respectability on Otto just keeps coming down a little further a little further Um, and then of course he asks if he's going she's going to see the king tonight Um, and uh, God just don't don't do this to your kids people it's gross Um, Kristen comes and gets him and we are off to uh, Dragonstone so what do you think of this whole scenario here I just love this because Cause it's basically Damon just being like, uh, Hey, 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 uh, bro there. Hey, I got come your ball coming, and, come and get it.
1: <laughs> come on. I'm, I'm poking the bear here. <laughs> Literally poking the bear.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, no, I mean, you, you said it perfectly with Allison. you know, mending, um, mending the dragon. It's almost like that's her olive branch say, Hey, I can be the one that brings your family together. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of maybe what turns him to her um and not uh lena but everything that you i mean otto is is definitely trying to watch out you know but there's definitely a link to game of thrones again uh because it is said in the lore that the eggs that Daenerys hatches the three came from dreamfire which is wow, the egg
0: that. wow look at that yep.
1: so so the eggs that that uh, uh danny has are the of the same dragon uh where balon's dragon came from or the egg that daemon stole so um, I think that this scene just, it shows that Otto Hightower is trying to supplicate and just trying to make sure that he does everything to protect his king. But really, he's trying to pull the strings in the back. I mean, it really shows uh, Otto's character. And like you said, it really kind of brings down his respectability level. Um, but, you know, it it's definitely... Damon trying to poke the bear but then we get the next scene so I'll just go ahead and and the next scene is fantastic go ahead (laughs) you
0: want to talk about cinematography my yes I was going to say that this scene looks gorgeous I mean not even just like the the special effects wide shots and everything but like the lighting and the wind and everything like that is happening here at this show this showdown on the Dragonstone Bridge man it's so fantastic I do I I love how Sir Kristen just does not give a shit (laughs) (laughs) Yep. <laughs> it's like he's good. Perhaps you recognize me when I like knocked you off your horse, and I love that Damon's just kind of like, all right all right, I'll see you dude. <laughs> yeah. Again, Matt Smith is amazing. Like at one point he's just like so menacing towards all of them. Then he's like smiling at this guy. He's just talking shit to him. <laughs> um, but of course, Otto is making a big play here. Um, you know, I don't know if he knows. I mean, I assume he knows that, you know, the dragon is gone. that Damon took the dragon with him. So he's, he's being pretty uh, forceful here with this. But of course um, from this, we also learned that Masaria does not know that Damon has sent this letter. Does she is not, of course, pregnant she has not agreed to marry him um and we'll get to that scene in a second but of course Rhaenyra makes the badass entrance baby <laughs> comes in riding her dragon Syrax, and uh you know like I really want to know because this is an, a fascinating thing where she seems to be able to communicate to Daemon where nobody else can
1: yes absolutely and, and that's gonna you're gonna see some things that that allow that to play out Um, but she's just walks right up to him and you know when everyone's getting ready to bring out their their swords you know and he and the the way the way they frame him that is it's like come get some like it's just so (laughs) for that look that he gives but um, everything about this scene shows how bad things can get and how quick they can escalate especially when you put two dragons in uh, on the forefront I mean that's a very powerful image of having two dragons on either end and then you Know people in the middle, I mean, that's essentially what there's this your is metaphor all play out to be, yeah. <laughs> but Renee, uh, um, Rhaenyra is able just to walk up to him, talk to him calmly, and he listens again. You kind of get the creepy vibes of, Oh, here's uh, yeah. a necklace I got for you, but again, that is Targaryen. They they wed inter intermarry so, uh, in the family. So, you know, is it or isn't it? We'll find out
0: yeah, and it's one of those things too where I love that she she kind of like told me it's just like, look, I know what you're doing. I do this too. I try to get a rise out of my dad. like you' you're playing with lives here though. like and I do love the the hard flex of was just like, look, you want the you want to be the heir? Fine, kill me. Like that that's how you get it. Cause she knows she knows that he's not yep. gonna do that. Um, and I do kind of love that he just kind of like football throws it back at her. I was like, God, be <laughs> careful, man. Be careful. <laughs> There's a dragon in there. Um, so it is uh, very, very interesting though. And uh, I'm really what do you think Otto is thinking here? Because this is Rhaenyra literally going just like, Yeah, dude, I got what it takes. Like you want to battle? Let's battle.
1: <laughs> it's he's literally like, I really have to watch her yeah he's understanding that she is gonna do what she wants um in order to help her father and prove that she is worthy yeah and that gets in the way of his plans
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and that's Going to get very, very, very complicated. All right, so so from this big uh, showdown that Renera totally wins, um, we get uh, Masaria, who storms off. She's very unhappy that Damon is lying about, well, their marriage and her being pregnant. Um, we find out that she actually does not want children ever, um, and that probably comes because she's been bought and sold as property for literally her entire life. Um, and she says um, that she, you know, went with him because she wanted to be liberated uh, from fear um because she's you know been sold so many times she's lost count as she says here and again this kind of um deconstructs Damon a little bit i think it kind of shows a little bit of a pettiness to him you know like this is a real person who you would think that he cares about he took her with him you know he's putting her on this position at dragonstone and everything as a queen-like figure and he's still just kind of using her as a pawn you know what i mean
1: yeah i mean it, she definitely feels used and that's not what their relationship was based off of mm. um, especially one where it, it that was born in a brothel uh it's you know th- <laughs> there was definitely something there between the two of them because it was definitely for him to keep visiting her almost like a paramour yeah uh, she definitely felt like there was something more than that used factor and now she's feeling like that so uh, very very subtly I, I shouldn't say subtly definitely she was, was in his face she Definitely told him, like, you know, I'm, I'm done feeling like this. so
0: Yeah, and I do love because, like, you you get the sense that when he says, like, liberated from what, he has kind of, like, this devious look on his face, just like, you're going to talk yeah. to me like this? But she doesn't back down, and she literally no. just kind of tells him, he's just like, I thought you were better than this. I thought you were of a higher purpose than this, but it just seems like all you want to do is piss off your brother. <laughs> so, right. you know, I'm not here for that. You want to get serious, let's get serious. But, you know, so I, I really like the subtle way, you're right, that they're giving Masari some, some agency here. Here over that yeah yeah for sure so um all right well from that we go back to king's landing uh viserys uh is looking over the statue that allison gave him um uh, before he heads to the council room to meet with uh lord lionel um who you know i really like this guy we don't get a lot of him uh but you really do understand like from the actor like why they chose him for this because viserys wants an honest opinion and he feels like he can get it from lord lionel here um and so he basically tells him you know like what do you think of this, you know, marrying Lena, marrying, you know, and, and all of this kind of stuff? And he gives him, again, he just gives him the stats <laughs> that everybody keeps giving. It's just like, oh, great old house, you know, like, yes, you know, you could. But he basically also tells him this. He's just like, you know, Corliss is much better as an ally than an enemy. Um, and I don't think he gets the sense that it's going to be like you know, Corliss is going to like rise up against you or anything like that. But he's like, do you really want to make this guy uncomfortable? Do you really want to make, you know, this guy not on your side in any such ways? Because the step zones and all of that, they are very, very important to all of this. Um, so, you know, but Viserys, he's still very um, hesitant to remarry at all. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he tells him, like, basically his best advice, his honest advice is, yes, he should marry Lena. Um, and that's basically what they should do. Um, so uh, before we get to the scene with uh, Renera again, what do you think of this little scene here with uh, Lord Lionel?
1: This is, you know, I I love the voice of this scene because it's just he's trying to sit here and level with the king Mm. and the king. It it doesn't really seem like he's really taking it. He's getting the same knowledge as, as normal, but it's just almost like, you know, going over his head. Like I've heard all this crap before. So tell me something different. He's looking for somebody
0: to give him permission to do what he doesn't want to. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
1: So, I mean, it's a very interesting scene and I thought it was very well placed because to have someone like uh, Sir Lionel come in and talk to him like you know just to level with him, and it was really interesting because it's it's almost like talking to a brick wall
0: yeah <laughs> every time it's like is like, just tell me what I want to hear guys um, so uh, he's told Renera has returned from Dragonstone whoops not happy with that <laughs> not happy that he put uh, that she put herself in danger as he speaks it um, but I do love though that again Renara's like she's been kind of slowly growing in the confidence this whole episode and now she's able to talk to her father and say like uh uh-uh. uh like this is why I did this like Otto was not going to be able to do this <laughs> I got it done with no blood being shed everything is back to where you want Want it to be so you know, you can put your thank you in the mail, I guess. Um, but so she basically goes and tells him that. Um, you know, like she, she doesn't relent in any way like that. So they have actually now this good and very long overdue heart to heart. Viserys tells her, you know, like, you know, nobody's going to be able to replace your mother. But this is what is expected of me. And he says that he genuinely does not want to harm her in taking a new wife. But um, and again, I think what goes to Renera's credit, she says, you know, mother would understand what you have to do here. And so do I um that is i think the um permission structure that viserys needs that like he can act on his feelings now Renera doesn't know that that means her best friend and that is kind of like i feel like he needed to put that clause in there Renera. He really should have just put that little extra out <laughs> end there just as long as it's not allison um but of course this leads us into the council meeting um and viserys lets it be known that he will be marrying allison before the spring corliss rightly does not like this Um, he's a little outraged and does leave and Rhaenyra though also does leave and what I wrote down is like a mix of like confusion and hurt because she really kind of was blindsided by this because Viserys told Allison not to tell her any of this stuff so what did you think of how this all plays out again Millie Alcock I'll give you there too a wonderful wonderful performance in this scene
1: yeah, it it you know, you sit there and you, you see that bond between father and daughter really, you know, it start to form again. There. It finally, finally
0: gets there. It finally gets there.
1: And then shattered once and again. So gone. I mean, <laughs> that's typical, you know, Targaryen Game of Thrones type S. But what I what I really enjoyed about this scene is Steve uh Toussaint really not really raising his voice, but just no. getting real ticked off. He's, he's like he's this, posturing, this, man. <laughs> yep. He's and he, he stands up. Um And then you sit there and you watch Allison. She cannot look Rhaenyra in the face. Yeah. So that just it can further conveys the hurt that Rhaenyra, like you feel her heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a very good scene because it's definitely setting up the sh- stuff that's about to go down. <laughs>
0: NPR appreciates your censoring. Yeah. Uh, no, I, and I agree with you, though. It's just kind of like Rhaenyra is like struggling to connect to their father. She feels like she finally has. She gives him the look of like, it's okay, before he the says nod. it. She gives him the permission. And then he says, oh, yeah, your best friend. And so you're right. There is a betrayal there, though, because Allison and her share everything. They talk about everything. They confide things they can't confide in anyone else to each other. And then it's just kind of like, oh, yeah. And, you know, your dad and I have been, you know, <laughs> seeing each other for lack of a better term I guess on the side here it, it's just a, a big blow uh, to them. Um, but of course, that is not how our episode ends. Our episode then turns to Corliss. He is giving this uh, history of the House Valerian uh, to an unknown listener um, in the corner. He talks about how they had to kind of scrape out their living through guile and luck and the hard work and stuff um, in, from the sea. The camera pans over, and we are talking to Daemon Targaryen, um, who has traveled to Corliss's uh, home abode, if I remember, if I heard right, correct?
1: They're Driftmark, yep.
0: Yeah, so they are Driftmark here. Um so um despite their like missions though I did find this interesting though is like you know so Corliss is basically setting up the crab feeder is a big problem it needs to be dealt with your brother won't deal with it this is your chance to show the realm what kind of a king you will be what kind of a king of action you will be that you will protect them and all that um and I do appreciate in this scene though that even though like they have like missions there is a lot of uh, similarities between these two even though like the most tepid criticism of Viserys and Damon still says like, I will speak of my brother how I want, but you will not. (laughs) And it's again, interesting, this really weird, like, like empathy and care he has for the people he hates right now so much. It's so interesting of of a character trait here though. Um, But of course this, uh, before we get to your thoughts here, he says, uh, you know, this is the perfect opportunity to prove your worth. Damon. And he says, we are the realms. Second sons. Our worth is not given it must be made another amazing line to end this stuff on. As we see the crab feeder again, preparing for some battle coming next week. Uh, what do you think of this final scene here and this seemingly unholy alliance between Corliss and Damon?
1: This is going to be the Alliance that is going to help shape the dance of dragons. Um, and it, the the fact that they kept it at the very end, the fact that the episode is called the rogue Prince really should show the importance of Damon's role that he is about to play and what's going to go down on the stepstones. Um, there it's some back dealings, but it's not game of Thrones. If we don't have it for right. any type of back channel dealings, <laughs> because that's what here. all this episode has yeah. been with. Um, but you are definitely going to see two powers unite and, Go through hell and back on the step zones, and it's only going to shape what's going to happen down the road.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, this, um, I gotta tell you, man, like the first two episodes of this series full hook, full hook back into the world of Westeros here. Um, you know, and again, it is strange to like, be able to like know where the story is going because of course, with game of Thrones, we had a song of ice and fire, but where that series went, we didn't know. Um, our Martin hadn't released any of that yet. Um, so this one, I do find it cool that we could like, you know, you could just go and and read fire and blood or read the dance of dragons and see where this stuff is coming. But I find it kind of fun to not and to kind of just like go, go along with it um, in this uh, hyper stylized way. Um, but again, I'm very glad to have you here because you can give context, Ryan. <laughs> None of us well, see, that's that,
1: That's the best part about you know Fire and Blood and then the world of fi- Ice and Fire is uh, George R. R. Martin said these are written as you know as they've heard them. So this yeah. allows the showrunners and the writers of the show have even more of a license than what maybe we consider game of thrones because these are histories as mentioned by other people um the whole thing with Uh, fire and blood one of the perspectives it's taken from is from munchkin and munchkin is a court gesture um he is a little person and he sees things and will tell things as it is in terms of how vulgar vulgar it is Mm -hmm. we don't have munchkin in the show so that they're already doing away with that so i think they're on the right direction
0: yeah and i do and i love that too because um this is kind of what sarah said that first episode is like you know in game of thrones in the series proper we hear a lot of like slight mentions of the Targaryen history everything flows from it but we never really get deep into it you know like we hear little stories here and there and again it gives this enigmatic quality to this family that now that we're seeing it play out there is kind of a larger than lifeness to it and it does and I do kind of appreciate that about this so um, all right, well that is going to do it for this episode of The Road Knows Nothing uh, episode 2 of House of the Dragon god we're coming back next week um, with the episode second of his name and you're right I think we're going to get some battles going down from the mini trailer. Uh, It's going to be some fun, fun stuff here. Um, Ryan, where can people find you online? Where can people find Front Row Flashbacks online if they want some more Front Row content?
1: uh come check us out we are on apple and spotify you can also check us on twitter and on facebook uh, that's where we do a lot of our uh postings uh, especially when we do our uh, feed only so if you come check us out we post on the main feed our big one and then of course we post our second episode just strictly on facebook you can also find on apple and spotify anywhere you get your podcast so uh, be sure to check us out on twitter facebook uh that's pretty much it
0: yeah and of course we're coming up on the best time of year for flashbacks and myself monster cast month coming up in October it's going to be a fun time folks um, but yeah of course if you want to know more from the row knows nothing search for the front row network all the social medias including front row reviews with a Z on Twitter and if you want to find me and my personal wrestling musings on Twitter um, at Jgeg pretty much all I post guys uh, pretty much the odd political post here and there and then wrestling memes um, so uh, this has a, a been an amazing amazing two episodes i hope they keep it going uh, any final thoughts before we sign off ryan
1: uh, just wait for what's coming because it's going to be fire and blood
0: yes there we go we don't need any more than that all right everyone uh thank you again for listening stay tuned next week for the next episode of house of the dragon but for the row knows nothing in the row network i'm jeremy geckner
1: and i'm ryan luton
0: and as always we will see you in the front row hope nobody says dracarys